Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Colossians chapter number one is where we're going to be this morning. Colossians chapter number one. And uh, I'm excited to start this new series. We're going to be in the book of Colossians for the next several weeks here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I'm looking forward to it and uh, uh, looking to go through this wonderful study, this wonderful uh, book of Colossians that is packed full of doctrine and truth. And so I'm looking forward to that this morning. But we're going to start in Colossians chapter number one and uh, begin in verse number one uh, this morning, and we'll go to verse number five. The Bible says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. As we deal with this theme complete in him, the title of the message this morning is In Christ We Have. In Christ We Have. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. God, we're thankful for the time that we've already had in your house. You have met with us. God, you are real. And, and we're thankful for that. Lord, we're thankful that you brought us to where we are today. Uh, Lord, after Hurricane Michael, and uh, Lord, as we look back on three years of that, uh, God, yes, we might have looked at it as a tragedy, but God, you looked at it as a new beginning, a new start, a new life, and hope. And Lord, we find that hope in you. God, we're thankful for the wonderful singing this morning that in Christ alone, uh, we put our trust and in you alone, God. And we're thankful for the testimony of our brother in Christ, Jerome, and God, just how you have just shown him your purpose and your plan in his life. And we thank you for sparing his life and God protecting him over there overseas. And God, we're just, we're just amazed of you today. But Lord, as we get into your word this morning, as we look at the thought that we are complete in you, that God, we would take that thought and we would be encouraged by that today through your word. We love you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to be focusing on who we are in Christ as we go through the book of Colossians. And we've entitled this series, this study, um, Complete in Him. And it, it comes directly really from Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 10, where the Bible says, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. That word complete is a a meaning, the meaning of that word is being full. And you see, sometimes as Christians, we feel as if we need more than Jesus Christ to be full. That's the sad part. We in our Christian lives feel like we need more. We think that if we just try harder, then maybe we can do better. If, if, if we get involved in a certain ministry, then, then maybe that's when we'll feel complete. Or, or maybe if we join a certain denomination, then maybe that's when we know that we are complete. We must understand this morning, we are not complete in our denomination. We are not complete in our necessarily our church or in our works or in our profession. No, we are complete in Christ. 
He is our sufficiency. Amen? We find here in this book of the Bible, I have really kind of a lengthy introduction because whenever you're starting a study through a book of the Bible, you kind of need to know where you're going. You kind of need to know what's going on. And so we need to understand who wrote this letter and and who uh, Paul, Paul wrote the letter, and who Paul was writing to and why he was. We find here that Paul was dealing with a church that had been challenged in their faith. They were dealing with doctrinal error that, that really undermined everything that they had been taught from Epaphras. This church was, uh, was a church that was threatened. And let me just say this, every church we can honestly say is threatened by false doctrine or theological compromise. Every church is. And let me say this just as an encouragement, the best thing that you as a member here at Fellowship Baptist Church can do for Fellowship Baptist Church is to be a student of the Word of God. To know what you believe and why you believe it. Why is that so important? So you can hold the pastor accountable. So that you can hold the teacher accountable. So that you can hold one another accountable. It's so important. Why? Because we want to be a strong church that knows what we believe and why we believe it. We want to be a church who knows that we, we know who Jesus is and we know who we are in Him. Amen? Paul had never met this church. He wanted to, he desired to, but he never had the opportunity to meet this church in Colossae. And he tells us that in chapter number 2 that he, he had never been, but, but he did know their pastor. Their pastor, their teacher was Epaphras, who, who I believe, uh, the Bible says, was, was a faithful servant. He, he cared for his people. But Epaphras had a problem. There was some false doctrine that began to creep in to the church at Colossae, and he became very concerned for his church. It was a burden on him. What, what was going on? There were, what was going on was that there were some people from the Jewish descent who were coming in and saying, hey, I know that we are saved by faith, but we can't just throw out the Mosaic law. I mean, they were wanting to continue with the requirements of circumcision and, and to continue the Old Testament ceremonies. They, they were introducing basically law to grace. We understand that this, these people were coming in and they were saying, yes, we believe in Jesus, but Jesus isn't enough. You have to add your works to be saved. They were dealing with that. This church was also dealing with uh, Gentiles who were wanting to bring in this philosophical thought or this mystical thinking called Gnosticism. And then also they were dealing with the culture there in Colossae that, that had a, a prevalent worship of angels. We find this church is, is really being threatened. They were trying to incorporate elements of Judaism, of Gnosticism, and of angel worship within their church. There's the problem. And Epaphras needed help. He needed help on how to handle this situation within the church. And he couldn't just pick up his iPhone and call Paul in Rome. He couldn't ask Paul to come to Colossae because Paul was under house arrest. So what did he have to do? He had to travel all the way to Rome to see Paul. 
And Epaphras comes to, to Paul, and, and he, was, he wasn't in a deep, dark prison at this point. He was under house arrest. It's just kind of picture it as Paul with the little electronic ankle bracelet around his ankle. He couldn't go very far. He was, he was confined. He was being watched. He was waiting trial. Others uh, were with Paul in Rome at that time. If you study the word of God in the time of writing uh, of the books of the Bible and where they were written, we know that, that Mark was in Rome. Mark was writing around this same time, the gospel of Mark. We know that Luke was also in Rome, writing the gospel of Luke around this time and, and also uh, writing the, the book of Acts. We know that there was some good men there in Rome that Epaphras could go to. I, I thought this was funny. It's like when, when, when I hang out with people, you ask, well, what are you doing? What, what are you doing with the people you're hanging out with? Oh, we're going we're gonna to play basketball. We're going we're gonna to watch a movie. We're going to have a campfire. You ask Paul, hey, Paul, what are, you, what are you guys doing together? We're writing the Bible. We're writing the Bible. We're having a Bible writing party. And basically, that's what's going on in, in Rome at this time. And Epaphras comes to Paul with this burden. And he asked Paul, Paul, what? do I do? What do I do? What do you want me to bring back to the church? What can I share with them? I'm concerned. And by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul then picks up a pen and takes out uh, his pen and begins to write this letter to the church in Colossae to deal with this false issue. Let me say this, when it comes to false doctrine, the issue is always Jesus. When it comes to false doctrine, the issue is always Jesus. You can always tell a false group by what they believe about Jesus or what they misbelieve about Jesus. But the Apostle Paul takes four masterful chapters here in the book of Colossians, and he teaches us that our sufficiency is in Jesus Christ himself. That we are complete in him. That for the believer, Jesus is not just something, he is everything. As we look at this letter, I want us to see through a greeting and a prayer, Paul reminds this church what they have in Christ. Number one, they have, through this greeting, Paul reminds them that they have in him a new identity. Amen? They have a new identity. I want you to look at verse number one. The Bible says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul makes it very clear right here off at the beginning, his identity. He knew who he was. He was an apostle. He was doing the will of God. He had his identity, didn't he? And he's letting them know. But then he goes on to say, and Timotheus, what does he say? Our brother. He also shares with them that, hey, you are our brothers and sisters in Christ. You at Colossae, that's your identity. That's who you are in Christ. We're brothers. He goes on to say, to the saints, a called out, holy Person, that is what we are, to be the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Grace be to you, unto you and peace from God, what? Our Father. He's making it very clear of their new identity that they have in Christ. He's saying, listen, I know my identity. I know that you are my brothers and God is our Father. He's making it very clear to them within this this greeting here in the first two verses. What is Paul doing? He's reminding them of their true identity in Jesus Christ. He's letting them know who they truly were in him. 
You see, Paul had never met this church. He's never been there before. But because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and their faith in the finished work of Christ, according to verse number four, they were family. Amen? They were family. Terry Schmidt says this about our identity in Christ. He says this, the gospel makes your eyes go up. Your identity goes vertical and stops being horizontal. You stop looking to yourself and others to define you. You rest in ultimately an ultimate reality of I belong to God and He has given me all of Himself. Listen, because of Jesus and His love for us that was manifest here on this earth as He came and died for our sin and rose again to give us life, we now have a way through our faith in Him to be accepted by God. Because now God looks at us through His Son. Our identity is now in Him. Listen, because of the gospel of Jesus, we can stop looking to ourselves and looking to others to define us. Why? Because we are now His children. He's already defined who we are. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We can now live in true freedom and victory because we have been given a new identity in Christ Jesus. Listen, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. That, my friends, this morning is your identity, if you're in Christ. That's who we are. Stop looking to others to define you. Stop looking to yourself to define you because we have already been defined by God. We are His children. We are His people. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Listen, believer, a believer's identity is complete in Christ. Can I get an Let me say that again. The believer's identity is complete in Christ. It's complete. Not only that, but number two, we see that in Christ, we have a new love. In Christ, we have a new love. Now, we must understand that those who are in Christ are those that we find in verse number four, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. It starts with faith, amen? It starts with us putting our faith in Christ Jesus and His finished work for us on the cross. That's what gives us our new identity. But also, it gives us a new love. Look at verse number four. And of the love which ye have to all the saints. Paul says the love which ye have. You understand have, that word have is in the present tense. It is a, a present love. It's this, what, he, what he's saying is, is that these believers, it was love was their lifestyle. It's how they lived. How convicting is that? Love was their lifestyle. It was their present being. 
uh, Lewis says this, a man by the name of Lewis says this about it. He says that our love is often like a stoplight, sometimes on green, like the Colossians. Sometimes on yellow, a bit cautiously given or given without strings, with strings attached. Or other times our love is red, completely brought to a standstill, so to speak. Listen, that's really the, the sad truth of our love. But this church had a steadfast love, a lifestyle of love. Let Fellowship Baptist Church and let our lives, let our lifestyle be a lifestyle of love one to another. Why? Because in Christ, we have a new love. A love that the world knows nothing about. And the only way they're going to find out is through the love of the church, one to another. Listen, Paul was confident in his relationship to these faithful believers in Colossae because of their love for one another. You see, in Rome, Epaphras, their pastor, he was, he was sharing with Paul the love that this church possessed as a result of them being in Christ. Therefore, Paul was able to call them brothers and also God as their father. You know, the Bible says this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one toward another. They're gonna know that we're his disciples if we have this love. First John 4, 20 says this, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Listen, can other believers call you with confidence a part of the family of God by your love toward others? Because in Christ, we have a new love. We have a new love. Listen, notice the wording here in this passage of Scripture. Their love they had to all the saints. Now, it's important for us to know who Paul is talking to, and why he includes all in this sentence. He says, he doesn't just say your love to the saints. He says your love to all saints. He's talking to a church that is being influenced by Gnosticism. Now, we don't have time to go into all of what that is, but part of it, of it was that a group of Greek Christians were saying it took a special knowledge to be accepted by God. And they had it while everyone else did not. But Paul makes it very clear in verse number four that, that the brethren are, 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 we are brethren by our faith in Jesus Christ. Look at verse four. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Listen, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ because of our faith in Jesus. Amen. But then also he, he says that their faith uh, was in the gospel, but he says in verse number six, that it is available to all the world. Look at verse number six, which is come unto you as it is in what? All the world. We understand here that he's saying it is available to all. It doesn't take this special elite knowledge to all the saints. This group is out here saying, hey, that we have found the real truth and the rest of them haven't quite got it yet. What does that do? It naturally causes division. It causes division among the church, which, which makes one part of the body feel superior to the other part of the body. Oh, we have this special knowledge, this special intellect. Listen, this should teach us that there is no room 
in the church for any intellectual, spiritual, or social elitism which separates itself from fellow believers whom Christ has accepted. Amen? Listen, Christianity is not exclusive, but inclusive. Why? Because we are all made one in Christ Jesus. He completes us. We have a new love for one another in Christ. Spurgeon said this, he said, the true believer, listen to this, very powerful. The true believer loves the persecuted, the misrepresented, and despised people of God for Christ's sake. He loves them all, even though he may think some of them to be mistaken in minor matters. Oh, wow. He has love to the babes in grace as well as to the grown saints and love even to those saints whose infirmities are more manifest than their virtues. He says this at the end. He loves them not for their station or for their natural amiability, but because Jesus loves them and because they love Jesus. Listen, we love others because Jesus first loved us and because we love Jesus. Our love is complete in Christ this morning. Our love is complete. Then lastly, we see that Paul says, hey, in Christ, you have not only a new identity and a new love, but you have a new hope. In Christ, you have a new hope. Look at verse number five. The Bible says this, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. What was this hope that Paul is speaking of? What was this hope that is laid up for them in heaven? You see, this word hope here is not how we normally use hope. It's not a hope so. Listen, this biblical hope is a joyful and confident assurance. Paul is reminding them of the hope of them being presented in heaven as holy, unblameable, unreprovable before God. It wasn't a maybe or I hope so. No, because of Jesus, it was and is so. Listen, Christ, their hope, was already their life. Amen? He was already their life uh, there and now, but He was also uh, theirs then in heaven. So they had a confident assurance of their coming glory. Listen, Paul is speaking here of a social hope. Not solitary, but social. It was for them not only one by one, but for the church altogether. So that they could move together with this hope. Someone said uh, of this hope, they looked forward together. Their longing eyes met upon that radiant point. They were drawn together by that glowing prospect, their final and eternal bliss, ushered in by the return of Jesus from the heavens and bound up with Him forevermore. Their hope was Jesus. Listen, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 1, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Listen, Christ Jesus, our hope. Amen? Paul begins his epistle reminding Timothy that hope is not just a wonderful biblical uh, principle, but it is also a biblical person named Jesus. Our biblical hope is not an abstract concept, but an alive Christ. 
Spurgeon said, Christ is in us. The hope, the unshakable assurance of our future glory, the spring of our actions, the central thought which moves every other thought. Listen, we all need to have our minds renewed by the truth of the blessed hope, which is the appearing of our great and God and Savior Jesus Christ, daily reminding ourselves that this present world is neither our home nor our hope, but that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, and that we dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name because Christ Jesus is our hope. He's our only hope. Paul's reminding this church, hey, listen, you don't need to add anything to Jesus because He is everything for you. You've been given a new identity. You've been given a, 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 a new love and a new hope. In Christ, we are complete. We have a complete hope. If you would, close your Bibles this morning. I'll close. We need to continue to look at who we are in Christ daily. As a church, we need to look at who we are in Christ because in Christ we have a new identity. Lord Jesus, because of you, I am your child. I am now joint heirs with you. God, now I have brothers and sisters in Christ all around me that, that can help me along this way, that can encourage me. That's who I am in you, Christ. Christ, in you, I have a, a new love. You've given me a new love for you. You've given me a new love for others. And I have a new hope. You are my hope. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that one day I will see my hope face to face. Understand this morning, here was a church. Here were some people that were slipping away. Here was a pastor who went all the way to Rome to Paul for counsel and for help. And Paul writes back and he says, hey, don't ever forget who you are in Christ. Don't ever forget what Christ did for you. Don't ever forget what you have in the body of Christ. Don't ever forget that, you, that He has filled you and that you are complete in Him. Church, let me say this. Fellowship Baptist Church, we are complete in Christ. We are complete in Him. And in Him, we have a new identity, a new love, and a new hope. Will we take that and apply that to our lives each and every day, knowing and pondering on who we are in Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.